All right, everybody, welcome back. Today is the something of something. I don't actually know what the day is today. I could look at my computer, but I'm not going to. Uh, I am excited to be back doing the podcast. What's happened is I just I pay more attention to what's going on in the world around me, and then I decide that I want to talk about those things. So a couple of things happened today that I wanted to talk about and some things that came up in the course of my day that I wanted to... Uh, just chat about. Um, by the way, there's a good chance that Dennis might come walking in the door and join us for a little bit later, but it's just me for now. Uh, first of all, I'm excited. This week, um, probably Thursday or Friday sometime, we're going to have some new guests on. Um, I think we might be a little bit new for guests of this caliber, but we're going to do it anyway. Artem Shiroshkin. Or for the Ruskies out there, Artyom Sharoshkin is—he's uh, the owner of the boxing club here in, in San Diego, and he is a good friend of mine, my my personal trainer, and he wants to get on the podcast. He wants to talk about stuff, so we're going to have him on. He, he probably will become a regular, you know, once a month or something like that. Good guy though. Um, I think he wants to talk about fighting, uh, which is cool. I'm all I'm down to talk about fighting. I'm fairly new to the fighting thing, and I've kind of avoided talking. I tend to avoid talking about things that I don't know. I'm not really, really sure of. Like I'm not really confident in. Um, mostly because I don't like to get in arguments that I can't win. <laughs> I hate being like, "Oh, okay, fine, you're right." So I I just avoid conversations like that altogether. But um, but more and more and more recently, I've been like more willing to get in conversations about fighting, about whatever. So uh, it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to have him on and to, to get a little variance in the face, in the fa- the general facial structure of the participants in this podcast. And I think maybe some of you will be more interested to hear him talk than you are, in inter- are interested in hearing me talk, which I don't blame you and I'm not offended. So it's all good. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of news. That'll be kind of fun, I think, to have him on. Um, I'm excited to see what he wants to talk about. We'll kind of go from there, but um, I think it's going to be fun. Drink a lot of water. I found that my my muscles cramp a lot more than I ever thought they would. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm not drinking enough water or that I'm not retaining enough water or whatever the, the science is behind it, which is why you will see me drink lots of water. In this, uh, in this episode. Last night, for some reason, I couldn't, I was parched, and I couldn't sleep very well, and I, like, I, I had dry mouth, and it was like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't pleasant. Anyway, um, I wanted to start off today, I wanted to delve into the, the fight game a little bit, and talk about combat sports in general, um, and then talk about some specific things around that, and then I wanted to get into talk about relationships, and I think that the whole it'll all kind of tie in together i hope <laughs> so so let's talk about combat sports so first of all uh i don't know if any of you know this but i was listening to a podcast the fighting the kid it actually came out uh today yesterday whenever it was and they were talking with ed o'neill who's the guy who plays the grandpa in modern family or for those of you that are older he's the guy from married with kids the main guy whatever the guy's name is. I don't know. I've never seen that show. It's, I'm a little old. I'm a little too young for that. But anyway, he's a, he's a famous actor. Uh, he's done very well for, him, for himself, and it turns out he's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I had no idea. 
And so he's going, he's going, and he's talking about jujitsu and all these different things. And it, and it just, it just struck a chord again with me how combat sports, whether it be boxing or taekwondo or Muay Thai in my case, MMA, jujitsu, wrestling, whatever it is, um, it can be kind of like a secret weapon for a lot of people. And I think it is a secret weapon for a lot of people. Um, I think for him specifically, he just sort of reminded me um, that that's something that happens fairly often. But the, the idea, you know, what I was thinking the whole time was, wow, this, here's a guy who's made, he's had a very, very successful career in acting. And here he is talking with the, these, these, you know, fight specialists. I mean, Brendan Chop used to fight in the UFC. And uh, Brian Callen is, he's just been around the game for a long time. Um, and he's on there talking with him about fighting, about the UFC and stuff like that. And I, and I just thought it was interesting how for so long in my life, combat sports seemed like, it seemed like this unattainable, untouchable elite status of man. It was like uber manly to do karate or to do taekwondo. It was like when MMA came out and the UFC was starting to get big, it was like the ultimate uh, masculine thing. Let me see if I can turn this guy, get it around. That can kind of work. That looks really weird, but I oh, <laughs> apparently it doesn't want to work. Oh well, we'll just keep it. It's fine. <clears throat> um, but it uh, it was like this thing. It was sort of unattainable. It was like on another level. It was a different level of of being a guy. Getting and I actually got really queasy. Like it was. I remember the first UFC fight that I ever watched. It got really, really bloody. It was really bad, and I got kind of sick to my stomach, and I couldn't watch. Um, and it always just was associated with like violence and backyard brawling and stuff like that. Which, to be fair, in the early days of MMA and the UFC, that's kind of what it was. But with my personal transformation, my personal journey. And with Muay Thai being so, Muay Thai boxing and just fitness in general being such a big part of that, um, I think it's important to uh, just to remember that, um, that 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 was a pretty big part of, of the journey of what happened to me. And I think in general for a lot of people, especially men, I think it's something that more men should get into. I think that there should be more men that are learning to box or that are learning to um, do Muay Thai or that are, that are putting on a gi and doing jiu-jitsu. I think there's something about that um, that just, it just, it rounds out the human, if that makes sense. So one thing that they brought up in the podcast, which I really liked, was they said, uh, they said after the fact, they said, people that do combat sports, they're a little bit more humble because regardless of what else they do in their life, they're consistently putting themselves in a situation where they're dealing with someone who's that much better than them at something. So like people that do jujitsu, uh, you can get really good at jujitsu, but there's always someone who's so much better, right? Same thing with Muay Thai. Like you can get really good at Muay Thai and still get taken to school by somebody in some you know specific area. And when you get to the point where you really are the best of the best of the best, that's a, that's a different level. It's a different type of thing. But like for the rest, normal people, you know, that have day jobs, 
uh, you go do Muay Thai and it really just keeps you in check with reality. That's just kind of like one of the benefits of doing uh, combat sports in that sense is that it keeps you grounded um, and it keeps you from getting too full of yourself. And I think in reality, it, uh, it forces you to tap into that very primal male masculine part of yourself. Now, I'm not, I don't say that to be sexist. Um, I don't say that to say that women can't get into it and can't benefit from it. But I think the key is, um, for men specifically, I think there's something that they need there. I know that was the case for me. And so I think there's something, there's something there that you just have to learn how to channel that aggression and channel your, your actual masculinity. Cause being a guy, you know, that's, that's actually a big part of being a guy is finding a place, to, an outlet for that aggression. Anyway, so I think it's important that people, that more people uh, get involved in some kind of combat sports because it just, it just makes for better people. Plus, plus, and this will lead into what I want to talk about the rest of the, for the rest of the episode. Ah. Just so you know, if I feel, if I sound like my words are slurred, it's because, it's not because I'm drunk. No. It's because there's a little bit of latency between the mic and my headphones. I haven't quite figured that out. That's part of the thing with running this straight to the phone. There's a little bit of latency. So (laughs) I'm like trying to speed myself up, but it's not really working. So what I might actually do is just take the headphones off at a certain point, and then just only use them for the piano, because I think there's no latency there. Nope, there's latency there. Um, so we're just going to kind of roll through <laughs> and see if uh, if we can make this whole thing happen. So I'll just do this. So anyway, so I think it's really important that people uh, get involved in combat sports to some extent, because I think that it... Uh, it helps them to, number one, be a little bit more realistic and humble about who they really are. They're really not as cool as they think, as they think they are, I think is the point. And then secondly, I think that combat sports in general are a metaphor for relationships in general. And actually, I wanted to say this right, so I'm going to take the headphones off. And I'm just going to talk through this. And I'll put the headphones back on in, the, in, a, in a bit. So combat sports is a, is a metaphor for relationships in general. And what I mean by that is when you get good um, at combat sports, when you start to get into those types of things, you start to notice parallels between the relationship you have with like a sparring partner or an instructor and the relationship <clears throat> relationship you might have with, say, uh, a significant other or a spouse, right? Um, somebody along those lines. Um, because, hmm. excuse me, because there's something interesting about learning to spar, right? Um, so I'm going to talk about sparring in the, in the combat sports sense first, and then I'll go into the, how that's a metaphor for, for real life, real life for the rest of life. Um, so, so when you, when you, when you spar, or even when you drill, when you drill 
and spar in a, in a combat sport setting, especially like Muay Thai or boxing, what you're doing is learning, um, you're learning certain moves and, and uh, well, so we'll put it this way. When you drill, you're learning specific moves, movements, reactions, um, counters, whatever it is. You're learning how to act in a sparring or a fight environment. Okay, you're training your body to naturally react the way that you want it to in a sparring environment. Okay, because when you're in a sparring environment or when you're in a fight environment, you're not thinking. Adrenaline kicks in, uh, your heart rate starts to, to, to raise up, and you go into automatic mode. And the stuff that you've trained and the stuff that you drilled is what's going to come out. When I fought, now I have, I am like the least experienced person, but I, 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 I'm a, I have a philosophical mind, so I can, I can make the connections. I'm self-aware enough to make the connections, even if I haven't had a ton of experience. So anyway, the whole point is, when you are in a sparring environment, or when you're in a fight environment, um, what happens is, uh, the things that you've actually successfully drilled into your body, the things that are actually muscle memory, are the things that come out. That's the stuff that you see, it's the stuff that you do. Um, and so, so the drilling portion of it is meant to, to pound these different uh, reactions and these different moves into your, your physical body so that it just does it by, it does it naturally. You don't have to think about it. Um, and then when you go into a sparring environment, th- that's the stuff that just sort of comes out. Now, there is sort of this middle ground in between sparring and drilling, which is, te- it's called technical sparring or technique sparring, but it's this, this middle ground where you're trying to apply what you learned in a drill in a sparring environment. Because it's not just teaching your body to know what to do. It's teaching your body to do it naturally, right? So you can know what to do, and you can see. I, this happens to me all the time. You're in a sparring environment, and stuff, a bunch of stuff happens, and you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You know exactly how you're supposed to respond, but you don't, right? You don't respond that way. You don't, like, you just don't do what you're supposed to do. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, you haven't done a whole lot of technique sparring, which is basically how you, uh, that's how you bridge the gap between the two. So with sparring, it's very important when you spar that you be a good sparring partner, okay? There's a lot of different, there's a lot of nuance to sparring, and there's lots of articles that are online and all these different things. I'm just going to speak from my own personal experience. I'm not going to try and bring in what other people have said. Uh, Most of the people that I've sparred with haven't really tried to hit, they haven't really gone too hard. Um, Well, I should take that back. They haven't, there are, I know there are some gyms and there are some camps where when you spar, you fight. Like sparring is basically just fight simulation. Um, and, I, and I understand that that's a thing. And I understand, I, I can see the value in that. Uh, I'm going to put that aside. And I'm going to say that unless, like that's okay if it's at a gym where that's the norm and that's what's accepted. If you go into a gym and you know, hey, when we spar, we bang. Okay, that's fine. You, but then you can make the choice, am I going to go and spar or not? What you can't, what's, what's ineffective and what's really dangerous, not only dangerous in the sense of not really progressing in your skills, but also physically dangerous. What's dangerous is when you have somebody, when it's either you or somebody else, who is inconsistent uh, with the, the agreed upon tempo, right? Sparring is like dancing. You don't just go in and do your thing. All right, because sparring again is practice. It's not you're not trying to win. You don't win when you dance. 
you, the only way that anybody wins in dancing is if it's, it's a couple's thing, right? Like dance, I mean like partner dancing. So, um, so when you're sparring, and even when you're drilling, this all applies to drilling too, but it's very important that, number one, you understand and match the, the tempo and the intensity of the person that you're going with. Because I might come in one day and, I, and I'm ready to go hard to bang. I'm ready to throw hard, to take some good leg kicks, to check some good leg kicks, you know, to throw some head kicks, you know, do that kind of thing. Um, but the person I'm going with might not be in that mood. And so if I notice that the person that I'm training with is, you know, kind of, they're, 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 they're sharp, sure. Uh, we don't want to, you don't want to get sloppy, but they're, they're not uh, really, doesn't really seem like they're in the mood to throw hard. Well, I'm not going to throw hard on them. That's not the way that it works. But if somebody starts to, to turn up the tempo on me, I'm going to match it. Now, I'm not going to overmatch. I know I can tell you, I've sparred with people before where they'll, they'll do okay. They'll hold a pretty good tempo. Um, but then the minute you catch them with something, they go crazy. They go nuts. And I don't know if it's because they were taught at some point that you don't, you, 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 when you get caught with something, you have to punish the other person for that. Or if they just have emotional issues or whatever it is, personal issues. Like, I don't, I don't really know what it is. The point is, if I want to, if I land something good, there's a good chance that, no, okay, for me personally, there's a good chance that it was, uh, uh, I won't say accidental because I'm trying to land these different shots, but it, it's a good chance that it's, it was just fortuitous. I happened to throw the right move at the right time and they were out of position. And so I caught them. So it's not like I'm trying to hurt anybody. And that's not the point of sparring anyway. The point of sparring is not to throw as hard as you can. The point of sparring is to get better, right? To improve certain specific things. So anyway, so it's important that when you're, when you're in that sparring environment or a drilling environment that you not... Um, I want to check and see if the latency has gotten really bad. Has it? No. Okay. It's about the same. Um, it's important that you approach sparring, uh, like a dance with, with uh, the person that you're sparring with every, and sometimes you go into a gym where you'll rotate and you won't spar with the same person for several rounds. I recommend that you spar with the same person for several rounds because you have to respect each other over the course of four rounds as opposed to, Oh, I'm just going to, I can either ride this round out or I'm just going to throw hard because the round's almost over or whatever it is. Um, but it's important that when you're sparring and drilling and everything um, that you, number one, match the intensity of the person that you're going with. Number two, match the, um, the, the desired, you know, like what we're going for, like what you're trying to accomplish. The whole thing, again, sparring like any type of practice, there's a goal. There's something that you're trying to accomplish. And if you're just hitting to hit, if you're just there to throw as hard as you can, if you're, you know, if you're not, if there's no intention behind it. If you're just doing the things that you think you're supposed to do, it's pointless. You might as well go home. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help me as your training partner. It doesn't help you as the, as the other side of the training partner. So it's important, I think, in sparring that, that you uh, not, um, not go too crazy. I mean... If you see video, here's the thing that, that, that so I'm going to talk about Muay Thai specifically, because uh, I think it's different in boxing. Boxers, I think, hit a little harder traditionally in sparring, um, so I, I, and I'm, I'm not as familiar with that, that, that realm, but with like Muay Thai and MMA, um, if you watch, if you watch like the, the elite Thai fighters, the best of the best, and you watch them spar, 
first of all, you'll notice that they technically don't, most of the time they don't even need to wear shin guards because they're not throwing that hard. And they're not, it's not a simulated fight environment in the sense that they're trying to hurt the other person. They're literally just looking to land shots. That's all they're trying to do. And they're not trying to land them hard. They're just trying to land them good and clean and effective. Now, sometimes a good, clean, effective landed shot does hit you hard and it can hurt. But the point of sparring is not, that's not the point. The point is to be, is to improve your skill, improve the technique. Fighting, when the bell rings and the round starts in a fight, okay, that's a different story. Then you're going to hurt the person uh, because it's in your advantage. But you're going to be more effective at hurting the other person and, and at, at uh, winning the fight, which is what you're trying to do. You're going to be more effective at winning the fight if your technique is on point. If, you're, if, you're, if you get to the point where you're very good at minimal, using minimal movement to avoid and block and counter, and, then, and you're not overthrowing your punches, you're not overcommitting to your kicks, right? You're just being very technical. Um, you have a much higher likelihood of, of beating the other person just because of what you're doing. A great example of this is, uh, his name's Johnsey. Last name's Johnsey. I forget his first name. He fights in, in glory. I'll put a link to his bio. You watch him fight. He is super technical, super technical. And he just lights people up. This last fight with him and Maisiev was, they were both so technical. It was beautiful. And at the end of the day, it, they were neck and neck the whole way through. And they caught each other with some good shots, but you'll notice neither of them was loading up on any of their shots. They weren't trying to just hit the other person as hard as possible. They were trying to outmaneuver their opponent, right? And, but you don't, you don't learn to do that by banging 100% every time you spar. You learn to do that by being technical, right? Now, the flip side of that coin is, every once in a while, you can get caught in a rut of going too light, so a good example of this is I've been training here, sparring here for a couple of years now, coming up on a couple of years now, and uh, I, I didn't notice this until I went home to Arizona, but I, I have come to realize that we eat a lot of leg kicks here. We, we just take them. Most of that's because on the whole, we don't throw our leg kicks very hard. We just kind of land them and they, we feel them, but we don't really like lean into them. Well, I went home and sparred with some guys in Arizona from that camp, and this guy he threw a couple of really good leg kicks. And because I'm used to not checking or evading them, I just took probably three too many of them. And I had a hard time walking for a couple of days. And it's not because not, not this guy was like going too hard because we did a good job of escalating to get like, we, this was a good example of a good training partner who was escalating with me and I was escalating with him. And he was very courteous. And afterwards he's like, dude, I just didn't want to didn't want to throw too hard. I, w- I felt bad. I didn't want to. Do that. I was like, no, no, you're good. This, this is exactly why I come. This is what the sparring is all about. It was perfect sparring. Um, but uh, but I ate too many leg kicks, and it was a lesson. I learned. Okay, I got When I'm drilling, I can't let let the weakness of the leg kick in a drilling or a sparring environment in Arizona um, affect the way that I spar. Like I I need to still evade, check. I need to think, okay, this leg kick's coming. It doesn't hurt the way this guy's throwing it, but if it was a fight, it would hurt, right? So that kind of thing. You just have to be a little bit better about, um, about being, you know, holistic about it, right? So, by the way, that was, that's, I think Dennis and Chelsea just walked in, so I might get a, I might get a little, a little friend here in a bit to come talk. But what I want to talk about 
on the flip side, the rest of it is um, how. Well, actually, let me let me talk a little bit more about about sparring. So there, there's a lot of uh, because martial arts and because combat sports is such a good stress relief. It's kind of I think it's easy for people sometimes to um, to come in and oh, it's not it's Michelle. What's up? Oh, okay. She's good. No, I just, I'm recording. Recording El Podcast. Le, le Podcast. Anyway, um, what was I saying? It's not only is it important when you're working with somebody in a sparring environment. Well, sorry. Not only does uh, martial arts and combat sports in general, not only do they, they provide a great outlet for stress, um, but they can be a place where you just unload your emotions. You, sometimes people can bring, they know that, oh, I'm going to go ex- expend all this stress. I'm going to go unload all of these. I, I, it's a great stress reliever. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to use that as, a, I'm going to use it as a tool to get rid of all my emotion, all of my stress. Um, and that's fine when the thing that you're hitting is inanimate. <laughs> if you had a bad day at work, don't spar, right? You're going to either hurt yourself or you're going to hurt your training partner. And that's, you don't want to do that. If you had a bad day, hit the bag. Hit it hard. Hit it as hard as you want, but don't jump into a class. Don't you got to be responsible about what you're, you know, what you're doing about these different things. And I think, I think it's important because that's a that's a general life lesson, and that's kind of the lead into how I wanted to talk about relationships. I think, I think that relationships in general, just a relationship with a person, is a lot more should be a lot more calculated and practiced than I think we tend to do. Um, like. Like in a, in, a, in a relationship in general, um, I think in terms of uh, like fights, you know, disagreements, I'll, I'll say, we'll say disagreements to start with, um, or uh, uh, if you have differing viewpoints on something, um, and doesn't that, it's not like necessarily like a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a wife, it's like your brother or your dad, right, or your professor, Uh, whoever it is, I just splashed water all over my face. Um, uh, relationships are, are, it's a give and take. And the more, the more you learn to interact uh, with people in general, I think the better you get at it. And the better you get at interacting with people, um, the, the more success you have in relationships, right? So I have, I have a, a limited amount of success in relationships. Um, but the success that I do have comes from, uh, a certain level of, of the give and the take of the relationship. So I spent a lot of time in a marriage where I was just taking, I just, I didn't really provide much. I didn't really, uh, provide much in the, in the sense of, um, I wasn't really f- like outward thinking. I was just sort of inward thinking. And part of that was because most everything that we did as a couple was revolving around my ex-wife. It was all sort of what does she want? What's she going to do? We came to California because it was her uh, PhD, and I was. And the excuse that I made was, "Oh, it's okay, because I work from home, so I can work from anywhere. So California's fine. Plus, California's beautiful, so it's okay." Um, and all these things, and, I, and I, there was it got so one sided in that sense that, that we just couldn't. When I finally started to, when I finally grew a pair and started to to want things, it that we just weren't equipped for it because we hadn't practiced. 
right? We hadn't, we, we weren't, um, we, it's kind of like if you took two people who know each other, but neither of them has ever done Muay Thai, and then you put them in a ring and tell them to fight. Or more accurately, in this case, uh, one person has been training, and they're strong, or at least they've been weight training, they're, so they're stronger. And then the other person, and then you put them in the ring, and the person who hasn't been training just barely started training like two or three weeks ago and has all this energy but no skill. So that person comes in, is throwing haymakers, and they're throwing knees and this, this awkward stuff that the other person may not, really have, may not really know how to defend because it's not traditional. And it's just like wild. It's just crazy. And you just can't, when you think of it in the sparring sense, it makes a whole lot of sense why my marriage didn't last. <laughs> but I think in general, um, relationships require a little bit more sparring. I think that, I think that uh, people need to not be afraid of conflict in a relationship. I think that people need to not be afraid of disagreeing. And not like agree to disagree, disagree. I mean like at each other's throats disagreeing. Like, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. That's fine. It's fine for me to think that you're wrong. It's fine for you to think that I'm wrong. Like, that doesn't change anything, right? Now, if it does change, if it is something that's important to you and it does change something, that's fine. But you need to know, you need to talk about it. Don't just sweep things under the rug, right? A couple of things that that are super poignant in relationships, probably the biggest one. And I'm going to make some people uncomfortable. Uh, sex. Right? And I don't just mean uh, sex in general. I mean like very specific sexual acts. And I'm not going to go into detail because that's not, that's not the point. That's not important. But some people like or like the idea of certain sexual acts. Some guys like certain things. Some girls like certain things. Right? Um, now, one of the things that, that our culture or our society has gotten really good at lying to us about is that we're allowed to want certain sexual acts. I remember that when I was married, uh, I, f- I believed that it was wrong of me to ask my wife for anything sexually or even to have sex. Right, I honestly and truly believe that it was wrong of me to ask for sex, and let alone ask for particular acts. I remember one time, uh, one time, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to betray trust too much here. But one time she was, all I'll say is she was asking me. There was one, one, one time out of six years, right towards the end, one time where she asked, it was like, "What do you want me to do?" And I immediately felt just guilt. Like we were, this was a good, this was a good sexual moment. One of the very few good sexual moments we had. And the minute she said, I think she was getting into it, which she did, which did not happen very often, which probably not entirely her fault. I think I had a lot to do with that, but uh, she was actually getting into it. And she said, what do you want me to do? Like offering herself kind of thing. And I immediately was just welled up with guilt like anything I say now, I'm a bad guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a pervert. Doesn't matter what I say. That's the way my mind thought. 
That's the way my, that's why I thought. That's the way my mind worked. And I would say still does to a certain extent. I haven't really had a lot of practice uh, in that arena since then, trying to, to say things different ways. But um, uh, and it's not just sexual fa- it's not just sexual acts. It's like anything, like appearance. You know, I was listening to uh, Bill Burr's podcast last week on the drive, and some guy wrote in and he said. I have this Brazilian girlfriend. She's beautiful. I love her. She's awesome. I love everything about her. Except I wish she would shave her armpits, essentially is what he said. And he goes, how do I tell her to, basically, how do I tell her to shave her armpits? And I think she has some hair on her back, too. How do I tell her to shave her armpits? And to me, immediately, I was overcome. I I immediately was thinking, man, like, how sad is it that this is what, this is, like, this is what's happening. He he can't even tell this girl that he really likes and that really likes him so, like something about himself. He has to hide that from her because society has told her and him that it's wrong of him to want anything in that sense. Like he can't he can't tell her to shave her her arms. He should love her the way she is, right? Well, the problem with that logic is that it goes both ways. She should love him the way he is, and he happens to want her not to have armpit hair. And at the end of the day, like, arm shaving, if, honestly, if I could, this is kind of a weak argument, but I'm going to make it anyway because I'm going to appeal to your emotions. If, if all it took for me to have a committed uh, emotional relationship, sexual partner, if all it took was for me to shave my my uh, armpits or, you know, my, my pubes as it were in five minutes, hold up, boom, back. In fact, I have, I have proof of this because I grew a beard. Uh, I grew a beard. I started to grow a beard four five years ago when I was married and Naomi didn't say anything about it initially. And then it came up in conversation one time. She was like, yeah, I don't really like it. And I kid you not, I'm, I'm being absolutely truthful when I say this. I stood up, went into the bathroom, and I shaved it off. Just like that. Now, I didn't get any. That was not the way that our relationship worked. <laughs> I kind of thought I would. I kind of was expecting to, which might, might have been not okay on my, my part. But the point is, the beard is not important. It's just, ha- it's just hair on the face. It's not even me. Now, do I think I look better with facial hair? Yes. Do I look like a 12-year-old boy without facial hair? Yes. So it stays for now. And do I, would I let a girl tell me to shave my face? There would have to be some very specific ag- agreements. There would have to be parameters. It would be like, or if she was just to say, look, in fact, I'll put it this way. What, immediately what I thought when the guy said, oh, what should I say? Here's what I thought he should say. He should walk up to his girl and he should say, look, whatever her name is, we'll say Annie. I don't think that's her name, but... Annie, we've been together for a little while. I think you're amazing. I love everything about you. What I'm about to say is not going to affect that. It's not going to change that. Right? I like you either way. I want to be with you either way. But would you mind shaving your armpits and your back? I, uh, personally, that's just something that I would like. I, it's, not, it's not necessarily going to end this relationship if you don't do it. But I just want you to know this is how I feel. Just, and just be honest. Just say, this is what's up. So one of two things is going to happen. One, she's going to say, yeah, of course. I like you too. Like, why would I not do that? That's, that's an easy thing for me to do to make you happy. Like, 
hello, or she's going to be a bitch about it and say no. If she's going to be a bitch about that, you end the relationship right there. Right? And not because she won't shave her armpit hair, not because you're a chauvinist, not because you need clean armpits. It's because she is being a bitch about it. Now, if she comes back and she says, well, let's talk about this. Why? Like, what is it about the armpit hair that you don't like? And you want to have, she wants to have a conversation about it, wants to open a dialogue, but she's not being bitchy about it. That's totally different, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not really that big of a deal, right? Now, there is a line because uh, I know for, for a fact that if I, if I was to get into a relationship with a girl and she was to ter- start trying to dress me, get me to dress a certain way, I wouldn't be into that. But the important thing to remember there is if I'm not into it and that's how she is, then I'm not into her. Okay? I'll say that again. If I'm not into that, but that's how she is, then I'm not actually into her. And in the same way with this guy, if she's not into him, if she's not into guys that want women with shaved armpits, the logic is clear. He's a guy who prefers women with shaved armpits. If she's not into that, then she's not into him. So it should just end. Right? And that's fine. Much better that they figure it out over armpit hair than then they get married and have three kids and figure it out later. Or, or never, it just blows up. Their marriage blows up and then he doesn't realize, neither of them realize that it all finds its roots in the fact that he wouldn't ask her to shave her armpits. Like, let's just be honest with each other. If we were all just honest with each other, then things like this wouldn't matter. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. I think. Um, so I think that's very important. Now, to tie in the sparring thing, I think that it's important. Number one, I think it's important for us to be honest because it helps us learn how to be honest with each other. And I think we should all be more open and honest. If you look up Milo Yiannopoulos, he's this British, he's so hilarious. He's this British, uh, like, political rights activist, kind of, I guess you could call him that. But he um, he talks about He's, he put it very, very well. He just basically says there sh- that everyone should say what their opinions are and everybody should say them openly and loudly and we should discuss them, like, in public. Shouldn't, we shouldn't hide behind our opinions and, and not have an open discussion. If you disagree with me, that's fine. Let's talk about it, right? Let's, let's get it out in the open. Let's all just have a real conversation instead of us just sitting behind our computers and lobbing insults at each other. Right? Let's just face-to-face have a conversation. You disagree with me, you tell me why. If I disagree with you, I'll tell you why. We'll have a conversation about it. Doesn't mean one of us is going to change our minds. Doesn't mean either of us is going to change our minds. But it does mean we're going to have a productive conversation. We're going to have an, a, an adult conversation about the whole thing. And I think that, that uh, that's important in relationships, in specific like individual relationships as well. You have, to, you have to be able to be honest. And I say this from the standpoint of somebody who has a really hard time I, I know what I want, and I'm getting a lot better at telling, at, at, being, at being vocal with what I want. But I'm not as good, as good at responding when what I want isn't desirable, right? I'm not as good at, at the back and forth. I'm good at saying what I want, and I'm really good at listening to what someone else wants. I'm really good at doing what somebody else wants, but I'm not good at the back and forth. And so it's just, I mean, like I said, it's a matter of practice. And I think that's where the, the, the sparring metaphor comes in. Because you have to be good at, you have to be good at the back and forth, right? You have to be able to 
to throw a jab, land, a, you know, they'll block a couple of jabs. You land a good hook. But then because you didn't keep your right hand up when you're throwing the hook, they catch you with one of, the, of their own. Or you're going with a southpaw, which is a little bit different. And you're going in for a leg kick, and they just throw that left hand. It comes right down the middle, hits you in the face. Right? In, I, th- I think, and in, in the relationships that I've had time to practice this in, since then, it's the same thing, right? You just have to, you have to bring, your, bring your best game, and you have to practice. And sometimes you win the round, and sometimes you lose the round, but that's not the end of the world. It's just one round of a sparring match on one day. Right, but you gotta you gotta put yourself in there. You gotta invest yourself. Now, just like with sparring, like from before, you can't be, you can't, you can't approach it from the standpoint of <laughs> you and your face. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Michelle just walked in and gave me this hilarious face. It's probably because she walked in as I was trying to explain how relationships work, and I am like the king of failed relationships. Right, Michelle? No, it's never mind. Um, no, I said you probably gave me that look because I'm, you caught me right in the middle of trying to explain relationships, and I'm like the king of failed relationships. Right? Yep, I knew it. I am. See, that's the beauty of it. I'm talking about both at the same time. I make connections. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Maybe that's the, that's the <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So the point is that um, you have to learn how to, just like in a sparring environment, there, there, there is, in any relationship, the moment will come when you're going to have the big fight, the big one, right? And, and it might happen more than once, right? But this big fight is coming because people... That's what happens. That's how merit, that's how f- uh, relationships work. There's this big fight that's coming, and some some people are good and they can avoid it, right? They they if you do a really 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 good job of being honest, you can kind of avoid some of those things. But people are people. Men are insensitive. Women are emotional. To speak in general generalities, and at that point, there's this big fight that's going to happen. Now, if you guys are not, I can speak from the experience of of approaching this the wrong way. I was not prepared for that fight. Neither physically nor emotionally, uh, metaphorically, philosophically. In, in no way was I. And she wasn't either because we hadn't practiced. Right? There was zero practice. We hadn't sparred. Right? We hadn't let a few go. And I didn't let a few go because I was like, oh, but I want to be, I'm going to be the ideal husband and never say anything bad. I'm not going to do anything negative. What that did in the long run is it, it weakened or it, it, it didn't strengthen the marriage the way that, it should, the way that I should have been helping to strengthen the marriage. And so when the big fight came, we just crumbled. It's kind of like there's a story that Mormons tell a lot about uh, this oak tree, and there's a wedge that gets left in, the, in between a couple of the branches when it's young. It grows up, becomes this huge oak tree, and that wedge is basically in the middle of the tree, and this big storm comes, and the tree breaks in half. The metaphor is if you're not doing the right things or if you have something that's sitting there, when the big storm comes, it'll tear you apart. And I think... If you're, not, if you're not good about practicing being in a positive relationship, then when that big fight comes, when the big storm comes, it's going to rip you apart because you're not prepared for it. You haven't practiced for it. Just like you wouldn't step into a fight after not, not training unless you're already at that elite level. Anderson Silva just stepped into a fight with no training camp, with the champion. But he is arguably one of the best fighters of all time. So it's a little bit different level. 
but nobody else would do that on zero notice. People sometimes will step in and fight on short notice, but to have no notice and to have no prior training at all is just ridiculous. So I think it's important that you think about um, the day-to-day. Sometimes you think about, like, think of them as like little battles, right? It's better to lose all the battles and win the war than to win all the battles and lose the war, right? So that's like, it's better to lose all of your sparring sessions and win the fight than to win all of your sparring sessions and lose the fight, right? You kind of see where I'm going with the same thing in relationship. It's better to have a bunch of fights, little ones, just practice, like say what you think, say how you're feeling, and go through the process of the little, the small fights, the small skirmishes, the small disagreements, and then when the big fights come, you can have a fight. You can still go at it. You can still do it the right way, but you're experienced on, okay, now we've set our piece. What happens next? Okay, now we've done this. Okay, what happens next? Because the other thing that happens is if you don't spar at all, then when the big fight comes, you have the fight just like you would normally, but then you don't know what to do afterwards. Both of you are like just hurting. You're just upset and angry, and you don't know how to apologize to each other. You don't know the right way to, to communicate with each other afterwards. Like after you're not really angry anymore, you've, you've emotionally let everything out. So how do you move forward now? So I think that's important. Um, I think it's important to be honest. Just say what you think, say what you want. Um, I think it's important that if you're in a relationship and you're, you are a partner of someone who is honest, that you, it's very important that you, um, I won't say honor, but that you respect, I should say, your partner's wishes. I think it's important that if somebody likes something a certain way, give it to them. Right? If, you, if you like the person and they like things this way, then it shouldn't be a problem for you to, to give them. People need to get what they want. And I think, I think in a, in, especially when it comes to like a marriage or like a significant other relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend type thing, like women need certain things and men should provide them. And men need certain things and women should provide them. And that's just how it is. And not even just men versus women. People, individuals need certain things. And if you're choosing to be in a partnership, in a relationship with that person, any type of relationship, you, both people have to get what they need out of the relationship. Otherwise, it's toxic. Right? So any, any, any situation you find yourself in where you're not getting what you need out of the relationship, you got to get out. This is how I think. So... Um, that's kind of the that's kind of my take on on um relationships again failed relationship failed marriage but i think a lot of that comes from the fact that i i i wasn't sure of myself enough i wasn't sure enough of myself to ask for what i wanted i knew what i wanted but i felt guilty for wanting it and uh i kind of just wanted or hoped or expected my wife to just kind of figure it out and just give it to me and that's not the way people work. <laughs> so um, I think it's important to practice and to actually get some of that stuff out. And also, it's really important when you're sparring. Uh, I'll close with this. It's important, like I said before, about being a good partner when you spar and underst- matching, the level of inten- <clears throat> matching the level of intensity of, of your sparring partner and not coming in just to, to bang unless that's the agreed-upon tempo. Um coming in, working with your partner, remembering that it's more of a dance than it is like a solo thing. So you're trying to work together so you both get better. 
when you, when you approach your relationship from that standpoint, um, you learn how to be a better participant in all those different types of things, which I think is really important. I think it's important to be a good participant and to help sort of the, 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 the aggregate total of what everybody's doing improve and move forward. So that all being said, um, you should all, all, those of you that don't do combat sports, that don't do jujitsu or boxing or Muay Thai, you should all do it. Go find a gym. Learn some Muay Thai. Learn some boxing. It's going to change your life. And if you, learn, if you learn these lessons and really apply the lessons you learn in sparring and in, in fighting to your personal life, it can drastically improve the things that you're doing. That's it. So uh, do that, and we'll catch you on the flip side. By the way, um, hit the subscribe button. It's really easy for you. Uh, doesn't really make that much of a difference, and it's great for me because I might make some money on this later. Hit the subscribe button. You can also check me out on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Brettward James is my handle everywhere, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places. Um, and now with that, I will hit you with the outro, and I'm going to do it without headphones. Because that's how gangster I am. Peace out, y'all.